Welcome, everyone, to episode number two of Anatomy of an Idiot. I am your lead idiot, Jonathan Dishaw, and with me once again, I have my co-hosts, Brian Lavelle and Paul Vela. Uh, how you doing, boys? Hi, I'll be dissecting this idiot today. I I don't even know what to say about these openings, John. First, are we are we with lead idiots? Are we co-lead idiots? Are okay, we co-hosts? So sure, my, my co-hosts. Okay, so... You introduce yourself as lead idiot, but we're, we're co-hosts. Yeah. Got it. I'm just trying to get the naming conventions down for all of us. Yeah, we're we still workshopping it. it. We'll, we'll settle into a groove eventually. Until then, I'll, I'll call us different things. Um, <clears throat> so, here, <laughs> let me tell you why I'm the lead idiot, though. Let's hear I, it. I fucked myself this weekend. Again? Again. <laughs> There's a game I have called Oxygen Not Included. Um, it's a very slow game. It's like a it's a like a civilization manager basically, but in space, and you have to make sure everyone, you know, has air to breathe, among other things. Just keep breathing. Just keep breathing. Yeah. Basically, I ended up playing that for eleven hours straight. I Oof. went to. This was Friday night that I started playing. I played for 11 hours, and I went to bed at 7 in the morning. That by itself is not a terrible thing. But I had to wake up at 11 because I had a Celatria meeting at 12. So I had to wake up, eat breakfast, like actually finish waking up. And then, after working on Celatria all day, I had a five-hour stream later that night. Yeah, you, you done screwed the pooch on that one there, sir. So before we started the podcast, Brian said, wow, John, you look exhausted. That's fucking why. You could see it in his in his appearance. It's very jarring. So that's just default. Um, yeah, that's just because I haven't showered in two days. <laughs> hey, Brian, question for you then. How long does it take you to wake up and be functional? Depends like, if I'm needed in society on any given day, right? If I'm on my own time, about 45 minutes. On you know, on, product, on societal time, about twenty minutes to wake up. That's not accounting for you know shower and eating and and dressing. Hmm. So, See, John, is is it right? Is it right for you to say at one hour to become functional in what society sense or on okay. a personal sense? So it it depends on which society I have to go and interact with, right? Because for work. I have a, a daily meeting at 6.30 in the morning, every day. Yes, you do. And I'm usually up at 6. And that gives me time to open my eyes, take a shit, start my computer, and log in and check my emails a little bit. After that... And, at least, and then you at least have a, a sense of what you're going into, right? You want to check your emails first. Right. I, I, I can be at least coherent enough to answer questions as they come up. But... For yesterday, I gave myself an hour because I knew I was going to want to eat beforehand because I hadn't eaten in however long, probably like 18 hours. I don't take care of myself very well. No, you don't. And that's a, that's a problem. Um, that's, that's okay. So were you able to accomplish what what I know you've accomplished in Celatria with that much sleep gap? Yeah. That's even more admirable. 
Hey, I'm admirable. You're something for sure. Um, yeah, I can't disclose what John did because we haven't made it publicly known. But Brian, if if you enjoy game rewarding you for accomplishments, there I say. I don't want to say the exact word that John did, but if you like games rewarding you and giving you arbitrary value for something you did in the game, you're going to like what John did for Solitria. Trophies, yeah. achievements, I'm casual about it. I, I, I can't say what he did. I can neither confirm nor deny that's the thing he, he did. But sure. John they, they... has come a long way from rage quitting out of the studio. It's been a long it's been a long time coming, John. Yeah, no, I definitely rage quit once or twice. But I've learned since so, then. I've grown as a person. So Brian, I don't know if I told you the story or not. If not for the audience sake. I remember coming to war to the studio on a Saturday and I run into the intern of the time, right? Who apparently is on to bigger and better things than I could have ever imagined. So shout yeah, out to him. He, he works at yeah. Naughty Dog now. Like really? Yeah. Oh, he's not a Naughty Dog. I don't think he's a Naughty Dog right now, but he he got a job there. I don't know where he's at now. He's working for another another studio right now. Okay. But, but yeah, but, but between he did now get a job and, at Naughty Dog. He he did work there for a time. Yes. So shouts out to him, Chris Huber. You the man. If you're I listening. You <laughs> <laughs> so I'm leaving. The I'm getting to the studio. He's leaving, and all he can tell me is, "Good luck in there," and. All the alarm bells go off in my head, like as much as my voice just spiked on my uh, record track. <laughs> I mean, all the alarm bells go off, and then John is just not having a good day. So from going from that to this, what he just got done, there is quite a mountain right there. So well done, John. Let, let me just, I, I don't want to say justify myself in this because it wasn't really justified, but... When you have to program gravity from scratch, it's a pain in the ass. I can only imagine. Um, my only point of comparison to what John has to do is when I wipe the books for next year and having to redo and, and reprogram some formulas. And yeah, I can't imagine programming gravity from scratch. You're, you're talking like Excel spreadsheets? Excel spreadsheets, yeah. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. Boy, I, I okay. So when I was when I was an aerospace engineering major, most of the work I did was Excel spreadsheets. It was it was a good time actually. It sounds not terrible. It's, it almost sounds fun. Yeah, you, you, you're not a, you're not ready for this, friend. <laughs> we've got a friend who is uh, an accountant, or he has a degree in accounting. Like that's his favorite thing to do is just just look at spreadsheets. Look at spreadsheets. Yeah, it's like it's the most boring shit ever, but it's his favorite thing. So I feel like if I were in that line of work, half of it would be looking at Reddit all day, just I browsing mean, that's, through. <laughs> that's half of my line of work. That's I, I can't say I can either confirm nor deny whether I'm looking at Reddit while I'm supposed to be working. Supposed to be working. Yeah, that's yeah. So last episode, Brian, you brought up what we called the Joe Buck effect. Yes. And, and I'd like to follow up on that a little bit. So I, I watched the video you sent me. It was only a couple of minutes long. Two and a um, half, if I recall. So, something like that, yeah. Uh, Paul, did you watch this video yet? No, but I, I feel like I, I know enough of a Joe Buck to yeah. know what he's talking about. Yeah, no, you're right. I watched Thursday Night Football, and I listened to Joe Buck try to 
display his craft. So so here's here's my that's reaction. putting it very very positively. You know I'm a positive person. Sure. <laughs> so here's my reaction to all of this. Is I thought that's just what sportscasters sounded like. I didn't know no. that that was a particular guy, but I recognized the voice because half my family is rednecks. So how could I have not heard this voice before? And he is very prolific. Again, he does both football and baseball play-by-play calling, right? Mm-hmm. The takeaway from both. that video, the takeaway from that video was he didn't know what was a greater value, two thirds or a half. Oh no, no, it was it was three eighths, one half, and five eighths. And I'm like, yes, oh my fucking god, how old <laughs> are you? Not difficult. <laughs> how old are you? As as I would assume, you know, a conservative man. Have you never used a tape measure? Like what the f- or okay, done fractions okay. in math class? So, because we're talking about tape measures, I'm gonna tell an idiot story. This okay. This your... is this is perfect segue because anatomy of an idiot. We're, yes. We're, we're, yes. We're okay. Go of... on. Okay. Here's here's today's idiot story from John. So at my last job, and I th- I may have told you guys this story once or twice before. I'm not sure. Um, at my last job. I worked at a door factory. I originally got there as a temp. So I, I had been working warehouse jobs through a temp agency for the last couple of years at that point. And after my previous position ended, they said, okay, well, here's a new place for you. I'm like, all right, cool. So I show up at ass 30 in the morning because, oh my God, it has to start early for some fucking reason. Ass um, 30, I love it. So Between the hours of 4.30 and 5.30. Yeah, I'm no, assuming that's, that, I'm... that that's actually pretty accurate. I I think the start time for that place was five thirty, something like that. No, no, no. It was it it was five to three thirty was my shift. So it was a, it was a ten hour shift and a half hour uh, lunch. But I'm I'm getting away from the point. So I show up to this place on my first day. Um, the shift has already started. I was told to show up later in the day so that they could all get started before I had to get uh, caught up on everything. So I walk into this place and my the the shift manager comes out and meets me and we talk a little bit and I tell him, you know, hey, I, I, I've got a associate's degree in computer science and I went to school for aerospace engineering and stuff. And he looks at me and he's like, what the hell are you doing here in his in his Bob voice? Shout out to Bob, by the way. One of my best one of my favorite bosses ever. Um, I thought I was. I said one of. <laughs> The words were carefully chosen. I always choose my words carefully, Paul. So Unless you're not. Yeah. So I'm talking to Bob, and he looks at me, and he's like, hey, can you read a tape measure? And I'm like, Bob, what What kind? Is this this a real question? Are you asking me if I can read a tape measure? He's like, yeah. Can you read a tape measure? Well, yeah, I can read a tape measure. Like, what what are you you talking about? Like, okay, give me just a second. So he goes back in his office. And he comes back out a minute later with a sheet of paper. It's a fucking test. It's got a tape measure like photocopied onto it with lines coming off of it saying, okay, mark what the length is for each of these positions. So I sit down and I'm just scratch, 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 fucking done. Here you go, Bob. And he, he takes it and he's like, oh, okay, that was quick. So he goes back into his office and he comes out with the answer key and he's <laughs> comparing them. 
I mean, like, I guess know. for to guarantee accuracy and and a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't blame him for that though. Um, so like, oh, perfect score, all right. I'm like, fuck, of course I got a perfect score. It's a tape measure. Okay, better than I thought. You're gonna say, of course I got a perfect score. I'm I'm fucking John. <laughs> it, I was very close to saying that. I don't make uh, mistakes. Is my make, is my yeah. one of my catchphrases. John I, does I not make you. errors. So. <laughs> Bob looks at me and he says, well, you know, I was going to have you pulling doors off the cutter today, but uh, I think you ought to go work with Tim. All right, let's go meet Tim. So we walk out onto the shop floor and he shows me around a bit and we go and meet Tim. Now, Tim at the time was the guy who ran the, the CNC machine, a computerized, numerically controlled machine. And everybody else in this place used manual fucking tools for the most part. So I go and meet Tim. The machine happens to be down today. So he and I are doing some some whatever manual work at the time. And so we're bullshitting and stuff and we're talking. And eventually he turns to me and he says, hey, can you read a tape measure? I'm like, Tim, Bob asked me the same question. He pulled out this test. I did the test. I got a perfect score. Yes, I can read a tape measure. Why are you asking me this? And he looks at me and he says, all right. Look around. This is your competition, bud. <laughs> and I'm, so, like, are you telling me that you and I are the only people in this room, in this whole fucking factory, that can read a tape measure? Well, there's a couple more, but yeah, basically just you and me. I was floored, obviously. So later on, um, the, the machine ends up getting fixed and the, the maintenance tech comes by and says, Hey guys, I got the machine fixed. Come and, come and test it out. All right. All right, cool. So we go over to the machine and I'm just standing off to the side because this is my first day. Like I can't really help with this. So I'm just standing there watching them do their thing. And the general manager comes up and I meet him for the first time. Uh, Mark. So Bob, Tim, and Mark are, are the people I met today. And Mark and I are standing there bullshitting. I'm telling him, you know, what we did today. And he's like, oh, cool, cool. Hey, uh, can you read a tape measure? And uh, I don't remember what I said to him, but I think I was just so distraught by the fact that three different people asked me if I could read a tape measure that day. Might I point out, you're working at a, a factory that... Yes, that creates things. Yeah, construction, construction. is... Yes, very prescriptive uh, that needs to be built up to code might oh my god wow yeah no this our, our margins for our work were within a 30 second of an inch so like oh my god so that's the that's the tape measure story so i i, I failed to realize where the idiot happened the fact that you were getting called out for being an idiot like oh no 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 you feel that's, like you were being the idiot or no that everybody else was the idiot me being an idiot uh, was was the first thing I talked about was going to bed at seven in the morning. Oh, okay, okay. That is a very idiot thing to do in your now thirties. Yeah. You don't, stop reminding us, Brian. I'm sorry. You'll get I, here. You, you'll get. You'll get here. You bum. I'm enjoying the what is it? Ten months I have left. Less than that. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be thirty. It, yeah. it 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 doesn't hurt much. Time it's is not a as fickle, bitch. Just like me. Yeah, it's not it's not as bad as you think it is. It's just it's just another year. The the the, so, the stepping stone to that I'm that I'm approaching here is like my body isn't isn't acclimating very well. Like I can't sit 
cross-legged any as much anymore without feeling mm. the, the effects of that. So I'm I'm learning I, to sit like a like a man, like an adult. I have started trying to mitigate the effects of being thirty. Um, I went on a bike ride the other day. Um, okay. I've tried I've tried doing that more and more lately. Um, I actually ended up getting um, like bicycle underwear like with the padded ass that is professional (laughs) level dedication my friend yeah and it helps oh my god it helps like i've got i've got lower back pain just in general not because i'm old but because i did some stupid shit as a kid yeah like bailing Um, out of a truck like bailing uh, it was a van first of all involving a skateboard and second of all that only fucked up my face well, I mean, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. Well, you're right. Not the face, not the face. Not the face. Um, not the face. <laughs> so, second follow-up. Last episode, I talked about how I live my life according to convenience. Yes. I've, I've been thinking about that in the weeks since. And I realized another thing that I do, be out of convenience, is I avoid making left turns as much as possible. Interesting observation. Driving. No, I do the same. You do the same. Okay, so it's not just I, me. I do. I do the same. No, it's not just you. Like um, some some mornings, I'm driving back from dropping my grandpa off at an appointment or whatever, and I'm coming back, and I'm thinking, if I make a left turn here, then I gotta make a right, and then another another left. So I'm gonna just keep driving straight until I have to just only make one left turn. Mm. It's interesting to me because this was on an episode of MythBusters, and I think they confirmed it. Like three right turns beats one left turn for time or something i don't it's, it's been a while i'd have to go back and rewatch it but yeah, like, it's, i, it's I can data. see that being i can see that being true for a lot of scenarios like especially like with wider busier streets mm-hmm. like i am still acclimating to the move and one of the things that this is this is the reason that i realized this is the the grocery store down the street is on a corner such that you can't make a left turn back onto the main street that would take me home. But turning left onto a different street, I have to cross four lanes of traffic. So what I've ended up doing is, as you said, I've just started making three right turns to get out of there and then get down to a, a, a main street that I can actually turn onto my street from. Fascinating. Yeah, I haven't gotten too much that much dedication into it, but um, I actively avoid making as more left turns than I need to. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's not like a protected left. Yeah, I just try to enjoy the drive, play that extra song, maybe half a song. That's how I live my life in my car. Oh, must be nice and I to live in that brain of yours, Brian. <laughs> I, I I imagine it being much like um. Do you guys remember the the um? Meet the characters from um, Team Fortress 2. Oh, yes. Meet the Pyro is so, one of my favorite videos ever. Meet the Pyro. Exactly. Meet the Pyro. I, I know I where envision, you're going. I envision Brian's brain is like that inside of the Pyro's brain, right? We think he's a maniacal, like, he looks at everything and breaks everything down. No. Do you believe in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's Brian. In a young girl's heart. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not wrong, but I'm not really familiar with that reference, although I'm sure it's been brought to my attention and I just haven't we, watched we it. We will link it to you and you'll, you'll see. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm making a note right now. Send Brian Meet the Pyro. Just drop it in the Discord and just call it a day. Yeah. 
Um, so to the audience, if you haven't watched Meet the Pyro, please do. It's hilarious, yeah. even if you have no idea what's going on. And if you haven't, uh, welcome to the internet. Um, I'm sure it was lonely in that cave you were in, or uh, I'm glad you woke up from your coma. So welcome to 2020. Um, <laughs> it's you, about to was... end, and thank God it is. Oh, thank goodness. I am I am looking for big things in 2021. What a, Such what a cursed year. Oh, um, not being locked down. The yeah. pandemic yeah. ending. We're on the cusp of a of a vaccine for COVID. Yeah, not vaccine, no, that's, but that's like, true. That's true. Um, yeah, they just did approved you hear, it like two days ago. The and Pfizer I think Can- vaccine. Canada uh, op- or ordered like five million doses. I think they said, and they're just giving them all away because hey, socialized healthcare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, so, I imagine um, like production is like going to be short like a three month delay or something there's no way they have the 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 batches required to to vaccinate the greater citizens and by greater i mean numbers not it'll it'll be like triage right you guys know how triage works right the yeah based on data paul i play a healer in an mmo i know how he knows what triage hey just just making sure um so first responders, for sure, frontline medical workers, the most needy uh, for it. So elderly, um, clusters of like... Im- immuno, immunocompromised people probably get first in line as well. Mm-hmm. There's just a, a lot of things that would go into that. Whereas where someone our age is probably, uh, Brian, I know you have a, you know, you have a condition that might move you a little head on the line um, just because of where you're at. But me and John, I think... Besides being fat asses, we don't get much push in the, in the line. So, but like Maybe I'll I'm get in... it because I live with my grandpa. So I I'd, I'd I'd probably want to get it. Yeah. Just to have that extra layer of protection for my grandpa. I would get it day one, except for the fact that I would rather other people get it. Yes. Yeah, you and me. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like I'm I'm going to get it, just probably not right away. I I need more data. You know, like a, a small sample size isn't good enough for me to be, you know, consumer confident with the with the vaccine. I need more data. I need more people ahead of me to get it, and then I'll get it. Is where so I'm speaking, at with that. Speaking of anti-vaxxers, I'm not an anti. Okay, <laughs> let me get right out ahead of that. I am not anti-vax. I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> set up for that though. Well done. Well done. So. Speaking of such things, uh, one more follow-up from last episode. Uh, we were talking about uh, Black Panther and how um, they were probably going to shift the focus onto Shuri. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the actress who plays her might be an anti-vaxxer. I heard about that, and she is in my camp of, of being wary, right? I think she needs more data before going ahead. Okay, an anti-vaxxer when it comes to COVID or an anti-vaxxer when it comes to general vaccines? General vaccines. Like like the MMR. Yeah, no, general vaccines. Okay, so for the less than 1% of babies that are born who are possibly allergic to, like, the MMR, sure, you know, that's your... But just so proof, there is no correlation between... 
any any vaccine and autism yeah. or anything like that. Who the guy who actually made that first paper that every anti-vaxxer dies on mm-hmm. was actually the equivalent of being disbarred. Yeah, he, from, his his medical yeah. license was revoked. Yeah, so, almost immediately, if I remember correctly. Well, no, after it was, no one could pre- peer review his his data or. Like it wasn't rec- re- repeatable. I think that's mm-hmm. the right word, because you have to be able to replicate the results, right? That's right. for it to be peer reviewed. They can't peer review his results. There is no. Well, I got vaccinated and I, my kid got autism. It does. It doesn't work that way. So I don't. I don't know if someone is someone who's going to play a scientist, right? You know, Shuri is a yeah. very yeah, very scientific, very methodical. I don't know how I would feel about it, but then again. The video game awards revived hope for Mass Effect for me, so <laughs> I I don't know how to feel about it, right? So I di- I didn't actually watch the game awards past the uh, the Smash announcement. Of course you did. You were livid. You were. I, I would. Livid well. is a good word for it. Sephiroth so before... does not deserve to be in Smash. Cloud does not deserve to be in Smash. I might but... agree with you, except you're coming out from a biased opinion of. Final Fantasy IX, Zidane deserves to no, be in Smash, no, which I disagree. No, oh. I disagree with it. I don't think he should because he that's it's not a Nintendo game. Final Fantasy VII was not a Nintendo game until it doesn't after have to, it's a celebration until after Cloud was added to Smash. Sure, it's a celebration of video games, is what it is. Which is why I argue that a PlayStation rep should be accounted for. I think no, but PlayStation has done their own thing. They made their own clubhouse. What was the game? Brawlers or whatever the hell it's uh, called? Brawlhalla, and there's another clone of it. Uh, Sony All-Stars. Names that too, and there's another... I have it on Switch. I, just, I cannot remember it. Yeah, I cannot also, remember Bra- the... Brawlhalla was not uh, a PlayStation game. Brawlhalla was an indie game. Right. But there is another Smash clone out there that that has representation from other titles. Mm-hmm. It's a crossover fighting game, but it's 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 more like for indie games. It's similar to Brawlhalla in that respect. Right. Yeah, I, I think I, I know what you're talking about. The, uh, Shovel Knight was in it. Yeah. Yeah. So besides the announcement for Smash, there was also a the announcement of a litany of Disney pilots that are going to be launched for Star yeah. Wars. Right. Um, the Bad Disney Batch Christmas. looks pretty awesome. Um the uh, the Rangers of the New Republic, uh, among others, right? And Obi Wan apparently series. the second coming of of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, who is they're bringing back Hayden Christensen. Yes. Which yeah, I, I was adamantly surprised at the positive reception that got. I am interested and, to see where they go. And with here that we are back at Star Wars, but yeah, it's going to lead to something. <laughs> no, but um. I remember watching episode three, and I don't know if you guys can back me up on this. The reception for Hayden Christensen was not the warmest. No, absolutely right? not. No, right? He's like, but was it a, was it a result of the the pairing with him and Padme? Right? There was like no chemistry between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, in my opinion. Uh, I'm sorry, say I that again. Th- I don't, because I don't think that was why there was no. No, but that was something that like, but there was a, there was this vitriol towards Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I think I, I, I think, think all got, right. So I've yeah. I've I've I'm sorry if I could take the lead on this one. I Do think it. 
the vitriol, the response from from the prequels, I think from me comes from poorly written dialogue, plain and simple. I, I think had well, there been another writer for dialogue on the prequels, I think they would have gotten a much warmer response is where well, I yeah. come from. George Lucas traditionally does need a pruner to go <laughs> at the, the script to yeah. um with knee high boots to go up in there and, and clean house. Cause episode four was just a mess until the pruners got to it. Right. So is that, uh, is that the reason why I don't, I don't like Kidding Christensen? I don't know. Uh, John, what was your feelings on him? I was going to say, like, I feel like the reason that people didn't like Hayden Christensen is the same reason. Oh God. I can't remember her name. Um, she played Bella in Twilight. Oh, uh, what's her um, face? Um, um, Kristen Stewart. There Kristen it is. Stewart. Yeah. I, I feel like they had the same kind of issue going on. Like, they just were very like a lack drab of, of interest. In yeah. They're dragging their feet when it comes to perform. Well, I don't think that's fair, right? There's There's enthusiastic levels of, you know, I'm excited to be here, and then there's... I'm just being paid to be here, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just here so I don't get fined, basically. The only, I know that reference. Yeah. Yes. Fair, okay. fair enough. Okay. So that that's Hayden Christian. The other announcement for me personally was I don't know how you boys ever felt about Mass Effect. Um, Never oh, played I loved, it. I I played one and two, and I loved them both. I think I, Mass Effect is is similar to in you know for me in the terms of i get them confused i get mass effect confused with bioshock okay i don't see how you could there's not enough cultural impact when oh you're i think i disagree with that mass effect and bioshock and that's where the the confusion comes in right they're both big names but they're not legacy titles Uh, and i think that ties into no I think that ties into the whole like we have to put Sephiroth in Smash Brothers, right? Like, I think I think I think you legacy just ended up playing different games. Down, is all. It comes down to legacy, and you might be right, John. I don't know. That's that's sort of where I'm coming at with this. Is like I I I understand. Excuse me. I understand where Sephiroth comes in for Smash, but I would have preferred other characters. Are you uh, okay, I, Brian? Are you dying? Do you need a Take care of that? Are you... No, no, I'm good. I can go for another, what is it, 15, 30 minutes, something like that. So Okay, just making sure you're not dying. We don't need yep. you to die. Um, so, for me, who is someone who has played through the entire Mass Effect series, um, like, I agree with John. I loved 1 and 2, and I loved 90% of 3, all the way up to the ending. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, John, are you going to play the ending? They had the remastered coming out pretty soon, I think. Would you play I'm, through it? Unlikely. I have so many other games on my stack of shame. I just, I think I'm settled with the Mass Effect series. All right. Brian, do you care if I talk about spoilers for Mass Effect 3? Go for it. I don't care. All right. So listeners, if you if you want to play Mass Effect 3, spoiler free, stop, reco- stop listening right now and skip ahead maybe five minutes or so. You have right? been warned. You. This is your official spoiler alert. Like, John, find a find a sound effect for that you can put into the the, the podcast. That's the official. This is your spoiler warning, right? 
The classic Spoiler we'll alert, fix yeah. it in post argument. We'll, Go fi- ahead. we'll fix it. In, we'll fix it in post, right? So Mass Effect 3. So Mass Effect was always labeled as this game that all your decisions matter, right? Every single thing down to a person you might have met and turned in this innocuous fetch quest, fetch quest, right? Go fetch these enchant Asari writing to this doctor. And somehow that, that should have played a part in the three games. And it did on the surface. But when it came down to it, all your choices were boiled down to three. Where that you destroy the, um, the big bad, the, the reapers that are harvesting organic life. Do you assimilate with them with uh, organic, with synthetic life? Or do you um, take over them, right? Do you become their leader? You become the boss of the big bad, right? This sounds and, like, I'm sorry, this sounds a lot like a watered-down Star Wars The Force Unleashed to tie it all back into Star Wars. Don't do not do that. Okay. Don't, don't do that. Um, I, I can... I know where a lot of inspiration for Mass Effect comes from Star Wars, but I can't put those two in the same. Don't not put Mass Effect next to Force Unleashed. Don't do that to me, Brian. Okay. I respect you, I respect you too much for that. I like um, that game series for what it was. I will game. say, though, they're both like science fantasy games. Right, but the Force Unleashed it was such a bad game for me. I can't even put those two in the same company. But that's just me personally. That's up to you, Brian. But, um... But Mass Effect, right? So the ending was so disheartening for me because when it came down to it, it didn't matter what the fans wanted. This is our creative interpretation. Suck it. Good game. Done. And we were going to stuck with that, right? And it wasn't until some some creative differences that Bioware happened that they ended up releasing this fan service DLC, which in my head is the way the game should have ended, right? We all come together. We take down the big bad. We win. Explosions. Everything that you've brought to fruition throughout three games does matter. But it didn't. Mm-hmm. So my heart was just... Um, one of our friends, John, um, Matt, said, Paul, what do you expect? They're going to do what they do. You're a fan. They don't care about you. Or something along those lines. Right? I'm sure he doesn't even listen to this. But he, yeah. he they, they milked it for all it's worth. My heart was just... I was despondent for at least a couple months, right? And, and then they made Andromeda. And then they, and then to add salt to the gaping wound, they made Andromeda, which was this buggy mess, new characters. It's like dressing up rancid meat. It's like, why did you even do that? Why did there was no heart in it? There was, you know, there there might have been some, a good story behind it, maybe a little bit. I don't know, but my heart wasn't in it. But then. They bring back hope, right? They're, and when um, the Video Game Awards, Grover made a post about it, and he messaged me, says, what do you think, Paul? And I'm like, don't do that. Don't give me hope. Mm-hmm. Like Hawkeye from Endgame, you know. <laughs> you've, you've been off playing other games in Japan for the last couple of years. <laughs> and then Mass Effect comes back. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't give me hope. And then, like, GTA Online gonna come back and try to give us hope so yeah the new heist coming out this week that uh that should which, be fun which apparently you can do solo so if you're one of those mad people like i am like me try- i i i plan on trying it solo at least once oh me too for sure 
Are we, are we getting the crew back together, gentlemen? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I know Brian and I played a little bit the other day. I'm playing a little bit later today, too. I actually started a fresh like campaign file on Red Dead Redemption 2, so that's that's sort of where my time casually has been going the last two days or so. Um, See, and, and that's a game that I, I think of that does your decisions well. Like, things that you did in the beginning come back somehow in the end. And I get it. It's, it's, it's one game. I get it. But it makes all the difference. That little, those little details for me. It does have a what I think is a genius uh, honor system, part of the part of the phrasing here, where like if you do good things, you you fill a meter, right? You do bad things, you fill the same meter. It's it's very binary in terms of good versus bad, right? You could you're clearly an outlaw, but you could be an honorable outlaw or you could be a dishonorable outlaw. And I think that what, game balances it well. You could what, save what, what does this meter do for you? Uh, fill it to good max good you you get an achievement fill it to bad you get an achievement so like okay so it has no bearing on game mechanics it, it doesn't it doesn't so like let's say you walk into town and you you're full on the on the good side you're on the uh the positive side right you know when you look at people and say howdy or whatever you end up saying they 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 they, they, they greet you back right Whereas in the negative, it goes towards the negative. You greet them and they're like, get out of here, murderer, or whatever they whatever they tell you, right? Okay, so so much like uh, a lot of Star Wars games. Much like Mass Effect, actually. And Kotar, yeah, for sure. Choices yeah. matter and those are the best games, I think. Right. So for the fact that Mass Effect is trying to bring back, like, the, 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 the main character of the game was uh, Shepard, right? That was your, the protagonist, right? Everything... You are you for you for being a commander in the navy. You miss delegation school, like you know you you have to do everything. You know you could send a quite a little search party out to look for these tablets, but no, you have to do it yourself, right? So 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 where where in the timeline is this game? They say it's after three, so it sounds like Andromeda is is just going to be written off from okay. what it looks like. But didn't three wrap it up? Like, wasn't that supposed to be so, the end of it? So three, so three destroyed the big bad, right? But it depends on what ending you chose. Did you destroy them? Did you assimilate? Or did you take control of them? By the evidence of this gameplay teaser, right? Or this this teaser, was the destroy ending is canon. And now you're looking for Shepard because you found his armor. So one of your main characters, uh, one of your party members, Liara found your armor piece on top of a giant reaper so that is the direction they're going with it so i don't know how long it's going to be the dev cycle for this two two three years if cyberpunk 2070 2077 yeah yeah is any indication it's going to be a minute which leads to my next point gentlemen we're all gamers here do you rather them release so allegedly do you rather them release the game quickly and have the bugs it has or do you rather them take their time not announce a release date like there's a it's a no-win scenario for them right i prefer they they hold back right they they release it when it's ready i have plenty of games to play i have plenty of media to consume hell netflix you know movies just as an example like we have never heard of them. five plus streaming services right i have tons to take my time with right um, I prefer a game get announced when it's like, 
maybe six months out, eight months out, hell, a year out until release, right? This whole announce a game, develop it for five years or whatever, right? I'm a very impatient person. So. You and a lot of gamers, because yeah. every time Cyberpunk was was said to be delayed, there was this like massive outcry from people who pre-ordered it, people who were expecting it. Were they thinking it's going to be the the thing that changes their life? I don't know. Like, why why is this there? Like this vitriol. I hate saying that. I'm going to keep using that word towards things. Maybe John, you're from the the dev point of view. What, what what are your what's your opinion? Making games is hard. Like oh my god, making games is hard. It Go comes down um, to promises made. I think right. All the customizations yeah. and when you release a game with bugs, it irritates people. Right, but who so makes those promises? Developers. No, absolutely not. They no executives make those promises. Are they are are corporates who sponsor a game be in to be in development? Are they not? Are they not technically developers, though? No, not not they, in AAA. Not in AAA. So the, the usually the structure is there is the CEO, the, the structure of an, an executive office, right? And they're responsible to who? To the gamers? No. To their shareholders, the people who are investing money into the company, right? Yeah. That's why there's indies, because there's no... To be independent means you don't have to rely on anybody, right? You you have your partnerships you create, but you don't have people to answer to, except your gamers. So in, in corporate in corporate AAA development, your shareholders expect dividends at some point. They want something back for their investments. And how do you get money? By releasing shit, right? So to make their quarterly projections, to make their shareholders happy, they have to release something by this date and if they're delaying it that means um to quote uh, uh from a game that me and john me and john both like um if uh if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy mm-hmm. if the shareholders are not happy nobody's happy but then as we've as i've said before we gamers are a fickle bunch i mean we want something brand new but entirely the same all at once i'm gonna i'm gonna put that line aside for a moment and I'm going to tell you my opinion on the whole thing. Hit me. I subscribe to the Miyamoto theory. A rushed game is forever bad. A delayed game is eventually good. Yeah, 100%. I agree. So that's the stance that I try to take on every game. Like I know um, Metroid Prime 4 was announced 2013, 2014, something like that. Yeah, 2015, let's say. 2015? I, I'm bad with time, but I know that it will eventually be a fantastic game. So I'm not really worried about it all that much. Um, what was the thing I said to, to put aside? Uh, my statement of us, us gamers are fickle. Ah, uh, no, I think it was something else. Damn it, I forgot. Was it my statement about um, who do they answer to or something? I don't know. What were you? You should have put it aside, John. Yeah, I shouldn't have put it aside. And uh, so, uh, speaking of who they who they answer to, I mean, Cyberpunk got they've already made back all their money, and then some. And then yeah, some. they yeah. they guaranteed bonuses. I saw to to the developers. Mm-hmm. They changed their policy. Normally, um, their policy is um, if the reviews are good enough, the developers get a, a bonus. Mm-hmm. 
but they decided this time they're just going to give it to him no matter what. I think that's a good policy considering all the crunch. And I think yeah. a, if there is crunch, there should be bonuses. So that that's a question, right? Someone in the video game awards, a lot of the, um, the comments I saw on it was no game that is produced out of crunch deserves saw that game of the year or story of the year and you you should be automatically disqualified it wasn't it wasn't game of the year it was um best direction best direction yeah yeah because obviously they had terrible direction because they went with they that that award went to uh last Last of of us part two i one of the games that i did play and finish this year one of the games i was highly anticipating um i i agree with that statement in that direction best direction should be disqualified for crunch time but was the direction of the game like so when you played it from beginning to end and okay spoiler alert for you gonna play it john no brian spoiler keeps alert. asking me to play it but i'm not spoiler gonna, I'm not, yeah i'm not gonna buy a ps4 just to play the last of us spoiler alert for people who haven't played last of us 2 brian when you went from playing from to abby through her story, and that intermingles with the main story of El- of Ellie, right? Yes. Um, everything came together and came to a head. Were, were you happy with that story? Uh, retrospectively, I think the plot was... I, all right, so I, I played half the game, you know, Ellie's story, then a little bit into Abby's, and then I, they, I took a break. I didn't play it, you know, consecutively, right? I took, like, two months off from playing i took a two-month break from playing the the story can i ask you why you took your break i was going through some emotional things uh, a lot okay you crashed don't, down. You, I, okay no worries um so a lot of people took a break from it just because how how brutal the game can be right um right and a lot of people the, i didn't play it i watched it through a, a let's player okay um so i watched it through him and even he's like, yeah, I had to put the game down for a couple of days. There's, I, I couldn't play all the way through. Yeah. And just some of the things you're forced to do in the circumstances, right? But for the most part, I'd say, even though I knew Crunch had to happen for it to be a finished product, how the direction of the game went and how the story was told and unfolded, managing two protagonists is pretty hard, especially when those two protagonists have this common hatred for each other. I think I retrospectively, I think retrospectively, the game, what I played, the plot, and everything that came together, I don't think it deserved game of the year or best direction, right? But See, at, the, at the time you, by the time you finished the game, what were yeah. your thoughts on it? Wow, was that to happened. sum it up in one word? Yeah, like it wrapped it up. See, like the ending, right? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like the ending. I, I I understand it. I I don't think it was a good ending. I think I that saw it coming. Ending... Was I, I'm sorry. I saw it coming. Was was the why I'm so unsatisfied with it? No, absolutely. I yeah. I can I can see where you're coming from with that. So my first encounter with a an ending like that was Modern Warfare One, where the game ended. But it was not the happy ending, right? It wasn't the heroes right away into the sunset, heroically triumphed over evil. No, it was not that kind of story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Modern Warfare 1 ends with you getting medevaced 
as your entire team is wiped out, right? And for and how Last of Us Two ends is pretty much the same way. Everything your character was was had going for them just crashed in around them, right, Brian? So yes. Um, and my reaction to that was the same one when I was a kid and Modern Warfare One came out, and someone much older and wiser than me told me and said, "You know what, Paul? Some type life does not have a happy ending." Yeah, no, I mean, I, I will say the original Modern Warfare was very much a, it was very critical of the U.S. military at the time. For sure, most definitely. I mean, that's that's probably part of why it was so such a, what why, why it has such a lasting legacy, you know, is because it, it took these stances that uh, a lot of, you know, Milsim games in the past would never have dreamed of taking. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Americans were the conquering heroes, right? And we were all the way up until Vietnam, Korea. I mean, we can go into that, that rabbit hole, right? But that's a podcast for another time. That's, that's, yeah, that's a, I can go into that for, for hours. Me and John actually have gone into it for hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's why so many Call of Duty games were World War II based. Yeah. Or World War One, for that matter. The last time America America was the hero. That's the last time we were the hero. (laughs) And we've been riding that high for 50 years. 60. (laughs) Maybe 70. 70. 70. 70, Yeah. I get the reference, though, John. Yeah. We've been riding that high for 70 years. I believe it was 70 years in 2019, actually. 1939 to 2019. So, yeah. No, World War II ended in 1945, though. I know, but it started in 39. But we yeah, were part of it. That's, that's when yeah. Germany invaded Poland. and like we, we, were, we were separate from the war for a number of years. Yeah, well, we, we wanted to be. The, on 1942, purpose. Uh, we were, I think, we started. I think. D-Day was 42, right? No, we joined in 1941 because of Pearl Harbor. 41. Okay, so yeah, we, we had a good pre-World War II. Right, but before that, we were supplying weapons of war to... This to, sounds uh, so terrible out of context, what I just well, said. Len Lease and, um, Len Lease and Cash and Carry. That's, mm. that's what we were... That's what got us out of the Great Depression, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Right. Paul's a history buff, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> For for all the listeners who don't know, Paul can rant about history for hours. Nerd. And yes. Look who's talking. Have you looked yes. in a mirror lately? Pot calling the kettle black. Paul's the <laughs> history buff. Brian's the movie guy. Where does what that are you? Me? What are you, John? Oh, I'm the, I'm the scientist. Remember, we've had this conversation about yes. vegetables. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 you are. You're right. So cool. I'm glad we all have our role now. I I yeah. have a thing. Uh, you you gotta have something going for you, I guess, John. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, we're actually approaching the hour mark here. Do you do you guys Coming have any other time. things that you wanted to bring up and talk about? I couldn't help but notice the Solitria poster behind you, John. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for we we're in a video call right now for the listeners. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, after I moved in, I made a I made it a point to have my Solitrier Solitrier. Solitrier. I'm Medea now. It's Salvatrier, y'all. Yeah, exactly. You're, please, you're don't back make a, please don't make a string of bad movies that please, then, yeah, we're fur- not, that then not. further fund more terrible movies. No, no please don't do we're, that. We're going to so, make a string of bad games that then fund oh, no. hey, a string of... No, they are not bad games. People play them, please. do not. They are not bad. 
I look forward to playing them. I will give you an honest assessment. I I made it a point to put that Celatria poster in my background for when I do streaming. It's like, hey, guys, look at this thing I made. Marketing promos. Exactly. Exactly. Studio should sponsor me. So to go back and finish and and nip that thread from Last of Us 2, Brian, what, what made you change your opinion on it not deserving direction of the year direct game direction of the year whatever it was called besides the crunch time disqualifying it from best direction i was unsatisfied with the plot like i said i saw the ending coming it was very apparent to me that that was how it was going to end um i'm i'm very that's why i like movies so much right like there's only so many plots that are you know known they're predictable right the the hero's journey is a very predictable formula but but don't recipe so you you like that in movies but not in games i accept it in movies i don't like that in games i do not accept it in games but but you yourself just stated there's only so many endings possible right which in hindsight like for mass effect right i had to have known all these endings there's no way to you know mathematically score all these points right i had to have known that i know that now now that I have the hindsight of working with game developers and programmers, right? Hell, I spent two hours trying to debug an Excel spreadsheet, and the <laughs> formatting was wrong. The formatting was wrong! I'll never get those two hours back. But you, at some point, every game you play is going to have an ending that you could predict. That sure, you could and I don't, away. I, I don't take the prediction. I, that's not why I don't. I didn't like it. I, I was very unsatisfied with the outcome. Right. Even though you could see it coming. Yes, I think if I, I think if I saw something else coming and I was correct in that assessment, you know, and and it gave me a different ending that was, of course, canon. I think it would have been better. So, so the question is, is that something to do with game direction, or is that, or it, right? It's more about writing. I think the yeah, you know, okay. the script. So John, is Crunch the fault of the producer or the fault of the director? Um, director. I'm in my inexperienced knowledge, I think well, it's the director. We're, we're, so we're talking game production, right? So um, yeah, I don't know. We would actually be better suited to ask Grover that question, right? Because I, I, gonna... I don't do that job. Based John, on are you, what are you I know, teasing a guest for next episode? Are you teasing? No, a we're guest? not. No, no, I don't think he'll. Maybe no. not next episode, but possibly in the future. We'll bring in guest hosts at some point. Um, I want to say Crunch is a result, not of the director of the game, but either of the of the production of the producer of the game, where the producer is the one in charge of making sure the things on the checklist get done right. And Whoever's just in charge start... of planning is what it sounds well, like. Right. It's mostly because again, the producer is like r- reports to the the executives yeah yeah so when you have a bug list a list of bugs that is the size of mount kilimanjaro you're gonna have to bring on more people and force them to work overtime i mean that's why game projects swell to these giant proportions near the end of production as opposed to near the beginning right yeah it's it's that um uh, what do they call it? I think the triangle of work of death? or something. It's like you can. There's there's three factors. You can have it cheap, good, and fast, but you only get to pick two. 
Ah, the old college argument. Sleep, yes, good grades, exactly. and social life. You go only get to pick two. Right. But just in terms of a product or a service, for that matter. Do you want it done fast? Do you want it done cheap? Do you want it done well? You get to pick two of those three. But yeah. we're gamers, so we will demand all three. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but here's the thing. That's I wouldn't say that's any uh, different than the population at large. Yeah. Yes. People, I, I, people agree. want a good, cheap product right now. Beggars and choosers. And I have definitely dealt with all of the above. Yeah, Karens. So. And I think that circles back to what? Episode one? Episode, episode zero. Episode, episode zero. zero. Yes. But uh, I think that, that just about wraps up everything we wanted to talk about this time. Um, parting thoughts, gentlemen? <sighs> I'm just I'm just hopeful for the future. Yeah, honestly, I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing what we can accomplish in the next couple of months. It could it could be better. It'll be better. It'll get better, unless it doesn't. But we'll see. It's like that cyanide happiness I saw the other day, right? It's um, um. Hey, look on the bright side. It could be worse. No, but it could be better. It could be so much better. (laughs) So. I leave the audience and you boys with these parting thoughts. Always oh, bet on me, yourself. Me, is yeah. the probably no. the best advice I've no, ever seen. No, that's I, pessimistic. I, so I'm if, not gonna bet on John. I'm not betting on John unless it's No no no, no 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 no. Always bet on yourself. Brian bets on Brian, that. John bets on John, Paul bets on Paul. I think that's I'd, I'd bet on Paul for most things, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. Well, um, Paul's a safe bet, it seems. So it would seem. So is there going to be? Is John going to be the official shutdown person, or, or um, in the intro person? Or are we going to start splitting that responsibility, John? I, I've just been doing it because I like doing it. Oh, then take it away. So if you somehow enjoyed this hour-long rambling session, which you must have because you're here at episode two now. Uh, drop us a like, comment, subscribe, give us a rating, as many stars as you like. Um, and hopefully we'll see you in the next episode, uh, unless Civil War breaks out. I think we've got a few months for that. There's time. There's time enough. Months, weeks, days, who knows these days. Until then, y'all. Y'all keep it nerdy. <laughs>